What do you know about that, man? <laughs> That was pretty fun. <laughs> 708. Yeah. Oh, 7 millimeter audio. Yeah. Great gun. He loves it. Great gun. I was trying to, well, let's get the park. He's got a nice little area set up down there. He's got, he built him a better. Let's start this and then continue this conversation. Right. <laughs> so I'm Chase Winninger, host of the podcast, Lee McClellan, co-host. Hope everyone had a great uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, I ate a lot. It was, I mean, I love Thanksgiving. My, I had a great one. My yeah. favorite holiday. Oh, yes. And then Wes Little is our guest today. Wes is a migratory bird biologist. Yep. Is that the correct title? Close enough. I bird brain, you. whatever you want to call me. <laughs> what, what, what's the official title? No, it's, that's it. Migratory, Migratory Bird Yep. Perfect. So I was thinking the other day, you know, we were talking about deer rifles. What is the best deer rifle, right? And it really depends on where you hunt. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking of calibers that I think are really good for deer hunting. And I ended up naming off, like in my head, like eight calibers that I think, well, these are the best. But it's 243, 25-06, 270, uh, 280, 264, 30-06. Uh, like, you know, it's pretty much all the run-of-the-mill standard caliber, 7-millimeter odd 8, like, all of those are great. But 25-odd 6, 243, 70 30-06, you can't go wrong with any of them. No. But I do like a 22-250, but you're right, the shot needs to be well-placed. And there is a difference. I, I had a lot more luck shooting uh, VMAX bullets, which are actually a bullet that... Fast expand, yeah. Yeah, fast expand bullets versus a soft point. Yep. Um, those fast expand bullets, when they hit, I mean, they just, they shred, they yep. do a lot of damage real quick. Yep. And those are, I, I would like to find more of those, but ammo's been a little bit hard to find here. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I will say, though, that Gilbert's has a really good selection right down the road. They do. I went in and picked up and some. And Rural King in Shelbyville has been getting a lot of ammo in. Some of the, it seems like some of the smaller places. Like, I, yesterday, I had two people looking for ammo for me. Chad went to Cabela's and Jameson went to Gilbert's. And they both sent me the 308 selection that each store had, and Gilbert's had 10 times the selection that Cabela's had. I'm not sure why. Wow. So I ran down there after work and picked up some. Yeah, well, I mean, they have, you know, it's, you can get 9 millimeter there anytime you want. Yeah, but yeah. 9 millimeter is easy fine, but, you know, hmm. now, no. but sometimes it's not. Sometimes you know. it's not. I was trying to find ammo to gear up for uh, my bear hunt next weekend. Um, bear season's on December the 11th, and 11th is when I'll be now, going down. Now, what will you use for bear? I'll use that 308. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you got to have 270 or larger. Got, to be he's got a 308, too. He's I probably won't need my gun, you know, to be honest with you. i probably just go walk around the woods like I always do, and it'd probably be even more pleasant if I didn't have my gun. But I like the anticipation of thinking I might have luck, you know, even though I don't. It's fine. <laughs> but I am doing my bear season a little bit different this year. And we'll jump on waterfowl here in a second, but I'm excited for uh, this weekend. I'm going to go down to the WMA that I'm going to bear hunt next weekend, and I'm taking my cell camera with me. And I'm going to take 2250 my coyote call, and I'm going to spend a day scouting the WMA via coyote and bobcat hunting. And I'm going to find somewhere with cell service, hopefully, and put my cell camera up because it'll send me pictures back to my house in Louisville, you know. Sure. So I'm thinking if I see if I do see a bear on my trail camera, like you know if I can find a creek crossing or um, some signs somewhere, if I do see a bear on my trail camera, I'll hunt that area. And if I don't, then I'll hunt somewhere else, you know. Good plan. I mean, it's a it's it's a little bit more scouting than I've done in the past, and yeah. it's going to be fun. I mean, just going to Eastern Kentucky to Bobcat and Coyote hunt is fun in itself. So. Can't go wrong doing extra scouting. No, no, no. And it's a you know I have a fairly free weekend this weekend. My girlfriend works the whole time, so I'd just be I might watch football on Saturday and then go down there on Sunday, and look at the weather, and make a plan. <laughs> Lucky man, ain't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's our life. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, doing it while I can. Uh, good call. <laughs> 
But while we have the expert here on migratory birds, I do oh. I do have questions. Um, well, first thing I have written down here, Wes, is what are you working on right now? I know you were in here a few weeks ago doing dove wing surveys. Yep. And I appreciate you taking the trash. I, I told you you could leave it, but I saw you took it anyway. So. Yeah. I, I, I didn't want to put that on you, man. <laughs> Just was, a thousand dumpsters. It was wings. worse than I thought, and I found a, a we had a dumpster, open dumpster, easy to get to. Back so there by I the It was easy on me as well. So right, I appreciate it. it. So right now we're, uh, of course, we're gearing up for it's, it is waterfowl season. The opening day was Thanksgiving Day. There's a four-day early segment. Uh, the first split, a lot of people call it. Uh, it's closed currently, duck uh, for ducks, but geese they open on Thanksgiving Day and runs through February 15th. So, so we're uh, we're in the opening run of, of waterfowl season. Um, Ballard WMA, of course, is, is one of our flagship waterfowl areas. Yeah, far there. west Kentucky on the mm -hmm. Ohio River. Yeah, it's where basically where the Ohio meets the Mississippi. You have Boatwright and Ballard WMAs. Uh, Boatwright is open the first segment. Ballard is not, so they're finishing final touches on duck blinds, getting everything ready for hunters to come in. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're just we're getting our ducks in a row, uh, so getting, to speak. So yeah. that's uh, that's the big big thing right now is just. Uh, getting ready. We're doing ground count surveys and trying to get, uh, of course, as everybody is aware, we had CWD surveillance that took place this year, which was kind of an all hands on deck. So and so we're behind on our ground count surveys just because there's not enough staff to everybody's. So you, you went and worked the check station? I did. I spent five days out at uh, Dowdy's processor. Uh, okay. Met a lot of great people. I, uh, yeah. I was not looking forward to the week. I will go. I'll, that's about as politely as I can put it. Yeah. Nobody wants to leave home for five days and just sit in one in a parking lot. Yeah, you know, waiting for deer to come in. That's yeah. that's that's a long week. And uh, but I had a blast. I mean, yeah. the hunters, which we haven't had check stations at least since what, like '98, probably. Yeah, yeah. it's been a, you know. Long I started in 2000 and they were toast by then, but people were still complaining about telecheck. Yeah, yeah. And so, it might have been '96. So the older hunters loved the check station. I enjoyed the check station. I did too. Yeah. I, I grew well, up. They, they missed the, the camaraderie stations. and sure. everybody looking at each other now, and having a sandwich together and all that. Yeah, it was cool. And I, th I mean, mm. logistically, you can't make check stations work anymore in the world we live in. Not, not full time. No, you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, it, it literally took 60 people per day to fully staff these things. And that's five counties. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not realistic, but the hunters enjoyed it. And mm -hmm. when you're around hunters that are enjoying themselves, it's always more fun. So it met a lot of great people. Uh, I'm not sure I may have been adopted into the Amish culture out there. A lot of Amish guys. I made some <laughs> yeah. friends and we, we traded a little bit and I, I may be kinfolk now. I'm not certain. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good week though. I really enjoyed no, my time out there. I went down during the week and worked a check station and I wasn't at a processor or a taxidermist. We were just at, we were actually at Clark Rivers mm -hmm. um, National Wildlife Refuge, I think is what it's called. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, during the week. I did a blue water trail on it. This was the second week of firearm season, so I was thinking it might be pretty slow. Yeah. And I was not, and it was 26 degrees that morning. I was like, man, this is not going to be fun sitting yeah. in this parking lot for basically 13 hours. Right. Um, freezing my tail off. But, you know, we hung out with um, a technician that I hadn't got to meet before, um, you know, down in that part of the state. So it was fun getting to talk to other people from the department and seeing the deer that came in and talking to the hunters. Because, yep. you know, a lot of the questions, I'm guessing you were probably running an iPad and getting information yes. from hunters. So that's what I was doing too. So when somebody pulled up with the deer, you know, we'd grab our iPad and we'd start filling out our little survey. But really the way to do that was just to have a conversation with the person, yeah. you know, and just kind of ask them about their hunt. And right. it's like you were just talking to the person about how their hunt went and answering your questions via that. Yeah. So it didn't feel like you were sitting there quizzing the people. No, you were just didn't. talking right, to them right. generally. So it was fun having conversations with all those guys. I did have one person come through that just 
completely sold me on the importance of Hunter Orange, which I've always been a believer in, right? But this guy came through, older man, and he had a uh, a buck, and we you know we were congratulating him, hey, nice buck there, and he, I thought it was a doe, and and then I I showed him the map and asked him if he could point to where you know he harvested the deer at, and I mean he couldn't see the map for anything, and I was like, this is why people wear Hunter Orange right here, <laughs> this per- perfect example, no doubt. No, but it was fun talking to everybody. And one thing that was kind of surprising to me, you know, we were, if somebody came in with a buck, we aren't just going to cut the head off that deer, right. cut the cape, so we were asking them what they want to do with it. And if they didn't want to mount it, or they didn't even want the skull, then, you know, they just want to keep the antlers. Sometimes we'd hack the antlers off for them and take the head. Um, but two of the deer we had come in that day, probably two out of the seven or eight bucks that came through, um, had brain abscesses and were dead deer walking anyway where oh, they wow. had, had huh. injured their skulls. And, you know, you always find dead deer yep. like out on the farm. You just find a dead buck at some point. You're like, man, I wonder if they got shot on the neighbors or hit by a car. And those are the, always the two things that people jump to when they yep. find a dead deer. They got shot on the neighbors, they got hit by a car. I think it's probably pretty shocking how many deer just die. Yeah, there's From a lot fighting, of There's a lot of, it's hard being a wild animal. A lot yeah. of deer die naturally. Yeah, those brain, I mean, if they, you know, just puncture their skull or crack their skull yep. plate in some way, fighting, or then they they just get an infection and, and die from that, yeah, so. Well, as humans, you have a tendency to project your life on the wild animal. Yeah. It's hard being, yeah. to live in the wild. It yeah. really, really is. You don't live long, mm-hmm. you gotta be smart, and, and injuries just happen. I mean, that's. Yeah. Can you imagine being a deer too, walking around no, and? I absolutely cannot. Oh, <laughs> oh, it'd be tough. But I mean, just to say, a duck in, a baby duck in Canada with, mm-hmm. or, or North Dakota with all the hunters, and they've never seen a hunter. Well, just uh, eliminate hunters and people from the equation. Just walking around the, you could say you were a deer out there in the hills of eastern Kentucky somewhere where you never see a, a human or a road your whole life, like on those big tracks, and uh, just walking around out there when you're little. Coyotes want to get you, and, <laughs> and bobcats, yep. and then when you get big, you got to, every deer that you come across, you might have to fight, you yep. know, and I don't sure. necessarily want to go fight a deer right now, so <laughs> it, it's a tough life, but I, you know, it's kind of interesting seeing those those brain abscess deer come through and just realizing that, you know, Gabe Jenkins was hanging out with us for a little bit there, and he said that deer was two weeks or less, it was going to be dead anyway, right. so just the number of deer that probably would die on their own out there is kind yeah. of shocking, but. Well, we you know, winter mortality in the lake is... A lot of people don't realize, you know, you lose 50% or more. Most of those are young of the year, but, you know, winter is hard on fish. On yep. fish? Yes. Yeah, I mean, like you can just take for, like one of our favorite fishing techniques in the winter is to imitate dying mm-hmm. shad or bait fish. And, mm-hmm. you know, because when the water gets cold, they're just going to die naturally. So why not imitate the dying ones yep. anyway? So I'm sure that happens to a lot of species. Yes. But I'm looking forward to getting down and doing some fishing, but. I'm going Sunday with Pardon. I told you, Sunday you're going? Where are you going? Cumberland. Cumberland, small we're not we're not thinking we're gonna throw live bait. I'm just I've had a rough year. I don't wanna cast. Sometimes just pitching the shiner up in the shallow. Thing. It's so fun. Finding the like man like points and fishing the, the, the Yeah, but I mean I've got a I told him I've got a milk run. I like know. to drift and slow troll the bluffs with yeah. a with a big shiner. Big just, man on there. Then you just, feel it. Yep. Yeah. You feel it wiggling in your hand, you're like, oh, you might not catch a couple of fish, but they're usually nice. Oh, smallies. heck yeah. Uh, that's what I like that. to do. Down there on Cumberland using that technique, I mean, you'll catch spots and largemouth yeah, I mean, and, and smallies, but you might occasionally. Oh, I've popped some stripers, too. Like, like, but yeah. this smallie sure is pulling a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <it's> a <laughs> He's not coming to the top, either. <laughs> it's a different run when you hook a, a striper down yeah, there. I've, I've done a lot throwing a live bait. Sometimes out there, uh, 
you know, just bass fishing for the show. We'll be throwing swim baits, running swim baits, and, you know, just fishing for the black bass species. And all of a sudden, you'll hook you into a striper, and it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, it is, yeah. And one time we were down there, I might have said this before on the podcast, but we were filming, and Brooks, Nathan Brooks, was uh, was fishing. And uh, he, he took a cast out there, and I still remember it was me filming and him and Chad fishing. And he set the hook on this fish, and... And, uh, you know, it, it came to the surface once and jumped, and it was just so big. We were like, that has to be a, that has to be a largemouth. And then um, it took off on a big run, and we were like, maybe that's a striper. And then it came and jumped again, and it was a smallmouth, a big, oh. like probably a six-and-a-half, seven-pound smallmouth. Dang. Yeah. It was huge. And, um, you know, every time that it would come to the surface, we'd yell out, oh, it's, it's a largemouth. And then it came the second time, maybe that's a striper. And then the <laughs> third time it jumped, you know, we were all real excited. It's a, it's a smallmouth. And... And at, he ended up losing that fish. And oh, oh I remember, yeah. After, afterwards, Chad was like, it's a crappie. <laughs> <laughs> just, just screaming about different it was stuff. A, it was a drum. Yeah, if drums is the one that usually gets me. Yeah. Maybe down there fishing on the Ohio River. I've got River. some nice drum live bait fishing for smallmouths, yeah. dude. I like, I like catching drum. Um, you know, so they would just finish the fight. They, it, they're an awesome fight for about 10 seconds. Yeah, and then it's, like, then it's reeling in it's a damn dead, uh, wet dead, sock. Yeah. Dead weight. Yeah. That's that's a story of drum. They're great fighters until they aren't. Yeah. And that, Rock yeah. bass are the same way in a creek. Yeah. Fight for like three feet. You're like, oh, wow, nice smallmouth. Then oh, I'm nope. reeling in a sock. And you look <laughs> it's, it's Mr. Red Eye. Oh, it's true. But So I told you this weekend the game plan is to go to eastern Kentucky and scout yep. um, for bear and to, to predator hunt. I don't care what comes into the call. Um, but I also, Wes, I told you I was going to do this last year, and I didn't do it, but this year I'm 100% dead serious. I've, it's in my mind. I looked at the waterfowl guide. I've got it pulled up right here, and I saw, like you said, December 7th, opening day of duck. Yep. Um, it also, it was November 25th, 28th, and then December 7th through right. January 31st. I still have that creek where I deer hunt that right. loaded with wood ducks. I, ca I can't walk 50 yards on that creek without, you know, spooking them out in front of me. Awesome. So. So I'm, I don't have decoys, I don't have a call, but I do have a creek with wood ducks, so I'm, de December 7th, I'm looking, I'm gonna go sit my butt on that creek, and I mean, I can just hunt them that way, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely, don't be late. So wood ducks, mm -hmm. you have about 30 minutes to, to expect to shoot a wood duck. They, they're the earliest flyers, they come out of the trees just 30 minutes before shooting time is legal light, that is when they start. So is that uh, duck quack I just heard your phone. Yeah, it's it's trying. I've got a uh, that's another waterfowl hunter with the calling in right now. So oh, I see. So what? Uh, mm -hmm. Tell me more about what I need to do, because so, I and I have questions for. I actually have a whole list of questions written down that I wanted to ask you, but I didn't even think of what you j just said. Yep, so the, so the the situation you described is the most common situation in Kentucky. We are not a big duck hunting state like mm -hmm. you would expect out of Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana. Those you know they that's the big Delta states, right? Mm -hmm. We have smaller floodplains and we have way more creeks that get hunted. We have a lot of wood ducks this time of year. Mm -hmm. uh, they're on the way out, so you you know, the earlier the better you get after your wood ducks. Uh, and then late season, if the if you get in the northern push, they'll occasionally will trickle back in. I but feel like uh, I see wood ducks on this creek pretty consistently. You do. I mean, the the northern the, so the wood ducks that summer up north, they're going to come through here, and yeah. they, it's just it's all weather dependent on how long they stay when they're here. But uh, but but back to the what to do. Get there early, you want to be there at least an hour before sunrise. Mm -hmm. You can shoot 30 minutes before sunrise, and that is when wood ducks will be flying. So if you have a clear sky the night before, uh -huh. the sun's going to come up early, watch your watch. You're going to have to watch the clock because they're going to fly before it's legal to shoot them. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to be careful. Know your shooting time, What mm -hmm. exactly what that is. I always set an alarm. I've got a, a quack set up on my phone to let me know 
<laughs> whenever, when it's time. Whenever it's time. That's a good way to do it. Because with wood ducks, you'll see them for 10 minutes before, on a clear day. Hopefully it's cloudy and it'll mm -hmm. hold them in the tree a little longer. But they fly for about 30 minutes and then you're really not going to have many shots at a wood duck the rest of the day. You may not even see them. So, so when you say they fly, so if I set up on this creek where I see wood ducks and when they fly, are they going to fly that creek? Yeah, they just run down. It's hard to decoy wood ducks. It can be done. Yeah. Um, there, there's wood duck calls, just, but they have a lot of different vocalizations. So you got to kind of know what you're doing. You got to do, do a lot of practicing and, and research some YouTube videos to figure out. the. Everybody knows the the whistle you hear when you jump one, but yeah. that's an alarm call. That's not going to attract a wood duck into your decoys. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of noises they make, and uh, it, it's not a difficult call to learn. It's just not one that most people have much experience with, and it's probably not necessary. I'm so not looking to call. You're them. on a small creek. Yeah. What you want is a handful of decoys, maybe a spinner, to take the, the wood duck's eyes off of you. Mm -hmm. So camouflage is always critical with waterfowl hunting. You have to blend in mm -hmm. or be really, really still. Okay. So if you have something in the water, that, wood ducks aren't known for decoying. They, they, they fly by, they might get a little lower and take a peek, and that's your shot. Don't mm -hmm. expect them to come back around for another pass. Be ready to shoot, get where you can see, but you still have to be concealed. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't you don't want to stick out, cover your face. You don't want to. You, you got the beard, so you're in you know right mostly good shape. But right yeah, now. yeah. So, uh, but but you want you want that face covered. That's a that's probably one of the biggest rookie mistakes is your face to the sky. Most hunters want to see what's going on, mm -hmm. and uh, your white shining face will stick yeah. through. I mean, yep. it just and they're you know they're they're a prey species. They're looking for predators at all yep. times, and and. And a lot of times that's what gives you away is your face. So you want to wear a hat with a bill on it, keep your eyes under your hat brim. That's if you can't see over the hat brim, don't 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 move your head up trying to see. You just yeah. understand that that's your that's your view. So, so, so that makes sense. And then be quick. Uh, be quick. A, the, so, the shot's going to be there. And, so as far as shots go, so say I go out there and I set up and hopefully I get lucky and some ducks come by. Um, I, I pulled three shot shell. I, yep. I have three boxes of shot shells here. They're all three inch. Um, I got four shot, two shot, and BB. Yep. So on that situation, shooting a small creek, what would you? If uh, you are targeting wood ducks, you don't need anything larger than that four. You might take the fours and twos, and you know if you think you might take a, a hail mary last shot out of your gun, you put a two in the back and, and two number fours. BB's way too big for wood ducks. Yeah, Lee's pointing to these fours here, and, and these are two and three quarter. Now, and you, you're hunting, you don't you don't need a magnum for a wood no, duck. No, no, you're hunting mallards and geese. The, the the twos and fours give you a lot more knockdown power, but a wood duck's a small bird. Yeah, and and. Like you say, you're hunting a creek. You're not taking a. It's pretty close. They're not lightning at 40 yards at the back of the decoy. Do you, do you shoot three-inch magnums when you're pawing fishing? I shoot two and three quarters. I, I I shoot both. I have two and three quarter uh, sixes, and I have some three-inch sixes and fives that I that I shoot a lot for for smaller species, especially. But in the in the holes that are tight, uh, you don't need a lot of knockdown power if you're shooting ducks. Now geese are another story. They got yeah, a, lot, yeah. a lot more feathers, bigger body, tough skin, and, and diving ducks. That's another story as well. Yeah. They got a lot tougher skin and tighter feathers you, you want some knockdown with them and I've, but I've, for teal and wood ducks I've, I've hit what i smoked many a gay ball on oh, two absolutely. and three quarter yeah i would say i probably four use fours fives. more than any other load uh and depending where i go i, I always have fives and sixes with me for cripple shots mm -hmm. um, when you knock them you're going to cripple mm -hmm. ducks that ha it just happens mm -hmm. and you don't want to be lobbing bbs at them to finish them yeah. off with you want all the pellets you can get you know if you had steel eights that would be an, a perfect cripple load yeah these are all steel sharp probably should have mentioned yeah. that steel bb steel two steel four but it sounds like this four right here is what i'm probably it definitely the four that's, what, plenty. that's yeah. what i would no, and, uh, your choke i would go with just an improved cylinder choke which would be more of a modified pattern mm -hmm. if it's it, a re if it's not a steel choke 
uh, if it's made for steel, then it, it will be what it says it is. But mm -hmm. if it's a regular choke, then uh, uh, the steel pattern's a little tighter than the choke okay. is Yeah, the steel for. comes out, it doesn't compress as much, I right. guess. So, yeah, okay, well, but that I, makes how sense. would you know, like, you know, say you, you get a shotgun and it comes with a set of chokes, mm -hmm. they can handle steel, but they're not quote unquote steel chokes, yeah. correct? Right, the ones that can't will say lead shot only. So, yeah. and then just look at your choke, it'll, mm -hmm. it'll say lead shot only. If it can't if, handle it. If yeah. it can't handle the harder loads. Okay, so, and uh, the risk there is just damaging it probably. Yeah, yeah. It's the, not the really steel like non-toxic shot's a lot harder pellet yeah. and it can damage the, the choke if it's not designed But for those, those specialty chokes are the ones that they say steel shot, you know, right. like the, Carlson's and some of those, yep. you know. Yeah, your your custom chokes will, will, will probably be specified for a, a, a load, but uh, the, the, the chokes that come with your gun, mm -hmm. generally the modified and the improved cylinder will be fine with steel yeah. shot. Sometimes the full choke that come with your gun will say not do not, do not yeah. use steel or lead shot only. Yeah, so just, just check it out. Really I don't think shot. you'd ever, you know, when would you want to shoot a full, I guess, goose hunting? Well, I mean, yeah, if you're goose hunting, if you're a good shot. I mean, you know, it just depends on how, if you're a good shotgun shot, you want a tight pattern because you know where your pattern's going to be. Mm -hmm. But if you shoot like I do, you yeah. want... I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm improved cylinder, baby. You know, it, only takes, <laughs> it only takes a couple pellets to kill You ever duck. shoot cylinder? I, I never have, no. I've, I usually I've use got five a, choke tubes either a factory improved choke or I've got I've got a couple of waterfowl over decoys and long range, depending on if I'm it. I've got a field hunting or whatever. Somebody like Midway does, one of the Carlson's. Yeah. Sounds like I will be shooting my factory improved. Um, yep. Just say I got the old Remington right 70 and that's what it came with and these four shot steel and I don't have decoys and I have a call, so I'm just going to hope I get lucky. But you I, don't need them with wood duck though. You can see mallards too, so I mean, you know, don't, you don't have to quit just with your wood ducks. Well, that's so. the thing. So the the rules and regs for waterfowl, this might be one of the reasons that I haven't done it before when I started looking yeah, through it. It's a little I, bit confusing. It yeah, can yeah. be. It, yeah. And it's because it's federal, right? Well, you might you might want to adjust your mic a little bit. I'm afraid it might be rubbing your chest there. Oh, whoop. Oh. Better? Yeah, it looks fine. Um, should be good. We'll find oh. out when I get it. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Yeah. So no. So that's what I was looking at because on daily bag limit for ducks, it shows six mm -hmm. total. And that's yeah. That's so, something I was hoping we would cover because yeah. that confuses a lot of people. Yeah, yeah me too. Six of any species, singly or combined, except the limit. Yeah. May include no more than four mallards, and mm -hmm. basically says three wood ducks. And there's two redheads. There's several species. Yeah, there's but, a specific species you're only allowed to take a lower amount, and that's it's all based on the the population size. And the length of our, I mean, the length of the season goes in, but it, it's set by the the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and yeah. states are required to follow those. Those we can be more restrictive, but we can't be more liberal. Mm -hmm. So if they say you can only take three wood ducks, we can make it a two wood duck bag if we we want to as a state, but we couldn't say no, we're going to do four. So so when I'm looking here, let's just say I'm going to be very optimistic. Mm -hmm. I see that my limit is six, but it's four mallards, three wood ducks. So say I shoot. three. I can shoot. I shoot three wood ducks. At that point, done. I've got three mallards. I can get. Yep. You yeah. can have a total of six ducks. Now your mergansers are separate. You're you're allowed a total of five mergansers. No more than than two can be hooded mergansers. And a lot of people throw their mergansers in as as a duck bag. And it, it, the mergansers do not count against your ducks. So you can actually shoot six mergansers plus five. five. I mean, uh, five mergansers plus six ducks. Yeah, okay. Well, so, And then that? your geese on top of that. It's so. a little bit like, you know, if you're just well, talking through it, like somebody listening to the podcast, it probably comes across as very confusing. But in right. the waterfowl guide, this this table it simplifies it. And then sure. we've thought about putting a call-out box in the future, maybe changing it, because we get a lot of calls going, so 
I can only shoot four mallards, but they're the most uh, you know populous duck. That's right. But, but way the Wes and way JB have explained it to me is you know say you can shoot six gadwall, but your likelihood of shooting six gadwall are yeah. Next. You also have so to, those ones aren't listed there. Your likelihood of getting six is very right. low. Correct. That, that is correct. Um, mallards are one of the most abundant species, and they're the most harvested species and the most targeted species. And in theory, you could raise the bag limit based on pure numbers, but at that point, you know, right now the average duck hunter shoots three birds a day. Mm-hmm. So the mallard limit is currently four per day, and the hunters are already, the, the majority of hunters do not meet that. Yeah. Now you've got some avid guys that will shoot their four birds every day, no doubt, and they would probably shoot their six birds, mm-hmm. but that's not the entirety. Mm-hmm. So, so you've just taken a 75% bag and turned it into a half the bag. If you move it to six, are you, is it, you know, we have to think about hunter satisfaction as well. If if the bag limit is six, but they're only shooting three, they might get tired of it. Mm-hmm. You know, think of your doves. How hard is it to hit that 15 yeah. oh, doves? Well, there's actually room for more doves in the bag if you look at the population numbers, but it's hard enough to get 15. If you move yeah. it up and you shoot 14, uh, you know, you almost got your limit. But if the bag limit was, say, 25 and you only shot 14, you're, n- you're no longer a satisfied hunter. So mm-hmm. there's some hunter satisfaction that goes into the decision as well. But mostly it's based on population and what the biologists think is the most conservative option. We're not gonna just go liberal because we can go liberal. Mm-hmm. And and we potentially could go six bag birds with mallards, but you'd have to watch it. And we're not 100% certain well, that, like, that would be good for the population. So it's kind of like, you know, people get enjoyment out of getting their, their limit, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you get your limit versus getting half a limit. At, so it's kind of like keeping the basketball goal at 10 feet so some people can dunk instead of raising it to 12 feet. Exactly. You know, because mm-hmm. dunking's fun. Yep. Getting your limit's fun. It's kind of yep. the same thing. Yeah. Um, that's a probably a horrible, horrible analogy. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> with fishing, it doesn't seem to, you know, if you don't get your limit of crappie, you're like, God, oh. I get on them. You're just happy to cut crappie and eat them. No, you I know? need my white bass limit. Well. <laughs> I need to hit that limit of whites. Um, it doesn't bum me out as bad as yeah, if I don't get reason, my limit of doves. The reason those are set that way is because we do manage species specific. So that's one of the uh, the barriers to becoming a new waterfowl hunter is you have to learn those species. Yeah. You can't just show up and be pulling the trigger and, and see what it is when you go pick it up because you can get in a, in a bind that way. You kind of got to know your, and it's hard. There's there's no way around it. Being a, being a duck hunter, uh, as long as I've been, you're going to break the law accidentally. The multiple times, yeah. I don't know what statute of limitations I've are. Got a cool I, old, yeah, I've got a cool yeah. old uh, book called Ducks at a Glance. Yeah. It was put out by the U.S. Fish yeah, and Wildlife. They, 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 still, they still produce I that think thing. it's online now. Yep. But, uh, that know, gives you an idea of what you're looking at. Because when, when, when the sun first comes up and they're all silhouetted, it's hard to tell a mallard from a gadwall from a, you know, it absolutely black can, duck. It, it can be difficult if you don't do it every day. And... Uh, a lot of hunters can will attest if they're honest. I have multiple times shot an extra hen mallard that I didn't mean to shoot because a morning flight is awesome, and you're pulling the trigger, mm-hmm. you're knocking birds down like, oh crap, I got an extra. You know, you thought it was a drake and it wasn't. Yeah, so you, you gotta know, be careful. If you if you hunt waterfowl long enough, you are going to break the law by accident. It's just mm-hmm. the odds are are not in your favor. You're going to get caught up in the moment and you're, you're going to misidentify a bird. It's, yeah. it's just going to happen. So well, some of the laws that you definitely don't want to break are, uh, I'm going to run through equipment real quick. So we know non-lead shot because it did yeah. say tungsten and some other, right. yep. but steel shot's a safe bet. Uh, gun can only hold three, I'm assuming. Two, right. two in the cylinder. Your gun one can in only hold a total of three. Some and shotguns check, out make there. Make sure you have plugs in there. Yeah, you have to have your plug. And some shotguns give you the ability to float a shell. If it's been modified, which what that means is your magazine only holds two, mm-hmm. your chamber holds one, 
but the the loading mechanism is set to where a, a shell floats underneath the chamber. That way, you're in total can hold three. You need the uh, three in the magazine. It's not actually in the magazine. It's just floating beneath mm -hmm. the uh, the uh, the action of the that gun. That counts as a gun holding. That one, so. will get you a ticket. So and I mentioned that Ballard extra Ballard. It's still against the law. You, yeah. get, you don't get the excuse of yeah. I accidentally did it. You know, you yeah. have to know what you're shooting at. So when, I've passed on many because I was right. like, huh. So the species, like you mentioned, the mallard bag limit is four. Mm -hmm. You're only allowed two hens of those four, of the four mallard, only two of those can be hens. So yeah. the minute you start seeing hens in your bag, or the minute you shoot a redhead or some other species with a smaller bag limit, a pintail or a black duck, you got to immediately put into your mind, I have to absolutely know the next duck that I'm shooting is, is or is not one of these birds. So, that makes sense. So that that's that's a hard part of waterfowl hunting, but uh, but it, you you can learn quickly. It's not yeah. a it's not a reason to not go. Yeah. Because even if you don't pull the trigger, it's still fun to be that. Close oh heck to yeah! Well, but I've so. passed on shots when I've been like I just didn't know what it was and splash and then later you're alone. Oh, one of the hour. most memorable hunts I've I've had was on Barren River Lake WMA. And the first two birds came in were direct black ducks, and me and my buddy shot them, and we had 25 mallards sitting in our decoys, but we had no idea if they were mallards or black ducks because you can't tell the difference at first light. Yeah. So yeah. we had to wait until the sun was up, and you could pick out mallards and black ducks, and we just you just had to sit and wait because yeah. the well, that makes dogs sense. brought back two black ducks. And Take binoculars with you. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you really can't operate binoculars than a than a shotgun. So I mean, you can try. Oh, I didn't know if they were. Well, I mean, just to look and see. On the water, yeah. is it, maybe you could. I think I can see better through my binoculars and low light. Sometimes you can. Sometimes my, you can. But that's movement, alone. you know. Yeah. Once they're in the water, you don't really want to move. So. Yeah. So it's just hard, and, but you know the. What do they call it? The water what? Water smack? What's it called? Oh, water swatting. Water swatting. Yeah, yeah ground right. pound water swat. Yeah, it's a completely legal shot. Yeah, but it's kind of like shooting ducks off a tree or off a power line. It's the legal too, to but decoy it's not. The yeah. duck. If it lands in your decoys, you did your job. I have absolutely no problem with shooting water swatting. None whatsoever. Yeah, now I, I prefer to shoot them in the air. Yeah. I do. I've, I've, I've water swatted. <laughs> I, I have. I will. I will Sometimes water swatting's the only duck I killed that right. day. I'm, it just happens. It's more fun to shoot him in the air. But if I'm having a slow day and one lands on the water, he's going to be shot mm -hmm. on the water. Just, that's fine with me. I just see my <laughs> one of my things and one of them don't taste of, different. No, they <laughs> don't. The water shot. They, no, hey, plus, you could yeah, you, you're guaranteed to smoke that head and keep the pellets as much as you can out of the meat and stuff. So that's where I'm getting here. The, one of the reasons I never have waterfowl on it, so I want to go do it. But one of the things I want to do is try cooking duck. You know, oh, I never, I never have cooked duck before. Don't overcook it. That's the biggest problem. Yeah, that's a problem. If it's not pink game. in the middle, you're done. It's slow and low or hot and fast. Hot it's, and fast is my, that's my M.O. My wrap it in bacon. When the bacon's crisp, the duck is ready. That's okay. the go-to. I had an excellent beginner, duck recipe beginning. where you make a little roux with uh, sherry, cooking sherry, garlic, butter. Fancy, man. And then, uh, then you put them in, take them out, then you make the roux, then you cook them a little bit more, get them warm again. Then you put the gravy on top and then slice up Granny Smith apples like matchsticks mm. and put that on oh, top yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, my you God. You told me about that recipe. Oh, I've tried it. It is really good. Well, the last thing we're going to do today is talk about give me a recipe. And I'm going to jot okay. down notes, something to try. But first, got to figure out how to kill these ducks. Okay. Um, so I know my shotgun, right? I know my, my shells. Um, no baiting. That's extremely important. That seems extremely like that's important. one that's taken extremely, extremely. And oh, yeah, my yeah. Shooting, shooting hours, half an hour before... Um, sunrise, which is your typical legal shooting light for most games, just yep. like deer. Um, and then, so the next thing, the things I need, uh, hunting license, migratory bird, 
permit, which I've both I've got both those covered because of dove season. It comes with the sportsman's. Yep. Um, hip survey, I've got that covered because of dove season also. Filled right. that out before, and that's just a quick survey we've talked about before. Yep. Anybody who's hunted any migratory bird for the past, what, three or four years three or four, yeah. Uh, should know about that. Um, let's see. The duck stamp is the one that I've never purchased before. Yep. And I got online and looked it up. Actually, there was a fun little video. I saw uh, John Brunja share this year, the, uh, the John Oliver's duck stamp. Mm -hmm. Did you guys see that? Did you watch yeah, that video? That no. hilarious, yeah. yeah. Well, the duck stamp, I, I didn't realize the process. And that was actually a really good video, even though there's a lot of language included, um, that educate people about how the duck stamp takes place. Yeah. And it's actually a competition where artists submit mm -hmm. their there's stamps in there and there's certain rules and regs that have to go into it like no numbers or letters can be in it it has right. to show you know something uh, uh hunting related so there has to be a duck call yeah, which that rule is coming out so that was uh that, that was kind of forced in that was a weird deal well um, and he explained in the video yeah. if somebody just youtube searched john oliver duck stamp it would oh it's up. well worth your time it's hilarious and informative it's a it's a good it's a good it's 18 plus yeah you know it it's for other slow language there are some language <laughs> issues in it is funny yeah. my favorite one that they had was the, the old duck hunter video game one oh mine too <laughs> yeah. did you see what it went for no no i didn't see it's the auction a, prices I, the last i looked it was 20 grand 20 grand that. so it took some deep pockets to, to get those paintings so basically john oliver the comedian um, on Comedy Central submitted three um, paintings to the duck stamp competition and the, the panel voted on them and they voted no on all of them. But uh, they auctioned off the original paintings for, for charity and they went for tens of thousands. Yep. I saw some of them. They were, they were pretty good. Yeah. Now I wish I could remember, there was one where it was like the portrait of the duck where it resembled a, a famous portrait. <laughs> they, they were good, they were good though. Yeah, they were. But that shed some light on the duck stamp process, but basically you have to have a physical duck stamp signed in the field. Or the online stamp. It's good for 45 days. That's so you can go online. Uh, there's multiple states who the state licensing agent will sell you the duck stamp. There is a small processing fee, so it's a little more expensive, but it's immediate. Mm -hmm. So you get a certificate basically online. You can keep on your phone um, and, and the email that says, I purchased my 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 duck stamp and it's good for 45 days or until your physical stamp shows up yeah so it, it will be mailed to you that in the day that physical stamp shows up your online stamp is no longer valid and that has been a, a little bit of a confusion for hunters um, you know they'll have the online stamp and they'll have the, uh, the the physical stamp showed up maybe the night before they threw it in their wallet but they forgot to sign it um, and you know they're thinking they're still using their online stamp and you can't you it, the minute that thing shows up your online stamp is no longer valid so what so, if you're in the blind duck hunting and all of a sudden the mailman comes well then you're you're, well, you're, <laughs> you're hunting okay. you, know, you don't know that, yeah. and, and neither does the law enforcement officer yeah. you know he's not checking your mailbox so yeah. but good, if you yeah. have both in your in your possession your duck stamp is now the physical stamp is now the stamp and you it have needs to, sign to be signed it. right I it, think you just I'm can't just, forget to sign it i'm just going to go to the post office and buy it because yeah. i think that'd kind of be fun too yeah I, I, so i did the online stamp for the first time this year and yeah. there was a glitch in the system from yeah. the state that i bought it from i won't i name, like going to the post I office i like getting one yeah you know? i do too I, it wasn't I, kentucky though no it wasn't no we don't offer that here in kentucky our license agent does not sell that uh mm. electronic stamp for us okay and um so where else can it, you get them uh, there's multiple states. Most of our surrounding states do it. Uh, I think it's like 27 out of the 50 states, something like that. 
well, uh, their license van, and you just pick one. You're just buying it online. I think yeah. their fees are slightly different. Yeah, I if saw you want to go uh, through and price, <laughs> we'll find the cheapest. So just now. because we don't offer, so the, the, I just pick one that I already have a profile with that yeah. I staked it off. But uh, other than also. the post office, can you get a mechanic clerk's office? Yeah, and stuff? you can. Well, it depends. So you know, Dick Sporting Goods, Walmart. There's a lot of places that have carried it. Um, not advocating one over the other by any means, but there's some sporting goods store, Cabela's I think is one of them that you can buy there. But the post office is pretty well guaranteed if, yeah. if they don't run out. I, I have just, shown up before. I've but, had to drive the Midway and get one because uh, they're out here in double Frankfurt. double check which stamp, if you go to a small town post office, double check your stamp. I, one time I had them sell me uh, a stamp and it was the previous year's mm -hmm. duck stamp. They just made a mistake. Yeah. And luckily I caught it before I walked out. Yeah. Uh, so that I, I think I want to go to the post office mainly because having someone mail me a stamp seems kind of like redundant you know it, it, it what that does is it allows you that if you've never duck hunted before and i say hey you want to go duck hunting tomorrow you, do. you don't have to go find a post office you can go get online right then buy your stamp and now i can take you hunting so that's that, 25 dollars right yeah it's 25 dollars uh, plus if you buy online whatever the state fee is to to do that it's it's not much a couple bucks so i'll do that i'll do that and it's almost like you know we were talking about the old physical check stations earlier and how people like that. I'm sure going to the post office and actually buying your duck stamp is, has- I love to collect them. I use them as bookmarks. Yeah, I, I collect mine as well. I used to, so duck, duck stamp, stamp, it's kind of interesting. It's one of the few times in the history of hunting that sportsmen have begged for a license increase. So the duck stamp, all proceeds for the most part, almost every dollar that goes into that goes into waterfowl habitat. It supports the federal refuge system. Yeah. It also is your free entrance into federal refuges that charge an entrance fee. Yeah. Uh, that duck stamp gets you in for free. Yeah, I forgot about that. So, so that, that it's a long running deal, and it, and just inflation caught up, and hunters knew that inflation had caught up, and basically there it was fifteen dollars just mm -hmm. a few years ago, yeah. and that that wasn't putting any habitat on the ground. It cost you know the the the, the dollar just wasn't going as far as it yep. used to. And hunters begged Congress to increase, and they begged the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to do this. And so, I mean, it's a no-brainer to increase it, but yeah. uh, you know, any entity, state entity or federal entity, they're always leery of raising license fees because it, hunters generally don't don't, yeah. don't like their fees raised. Well, that's but right. uh, that's one good but this one, that. it goes directly to waterfowl habitat on federal refuges, and hunters wanted to see that. So. Well, and uh, I mean, the way it makes, uh, that's one thing I like about uh, the North American conservation model is how it's set up where, mm -hmm. it's, you know, we the outdoorsmen and women pay for conservation. Yep. But, you know, it's probably like if you looked at it, you said 15 to 25, you're thinking to yourself, well, that's 10 extra bucks for me. Yep. But that's tens of millions of extra bucks exactly. for habitat, you know, so you could pay your 10 bucks knowing that it would result in a, a whole big bunch of money yep. for conservation. So it makes sense. And that's kind of how all things work. It's just probably not as your average, like I guess your waterfowl hunters might understand the conservation more than your average deer hunters. Because if we raised, you know, your deer permit by five bucks, we're going to hear about it. Even yep. if 100% of that money was going toward, directly towards deer conservation. But you know that's I, I really like the North American conservation model. I, I think do that's, too. That's a good thing. So I'm happy to do that. Let me run through my list here. So I know no baiting. I know my shotgun three shells. I know non lead shot, uh, migratory bird, hip hunting license, uh, duck stamp. All right, that, that's I feel like I could probably go hunt. Absolutely. With, with what I've got there. But my other question was literally it's written down right here. How do I cook duck? And uh, so don't overcook wild game. That's the number one thing for all things. Um, but give me one very simple recipe. Um, I like your bacon wrapped idea. Yeah, the, the simple recipe is, is always gonna be pick your favorite marinade, wrap your 
uh, cut your duck into little nuggets, wrap it in bacon, grill it on high heat till the bacon's How long crisp. do you marinate? Hey, I don't go that long. A couple I'll, hours? Yeah, or a couple over, hours is plenty. Yeah, uh, overnight two, I've had it and it's been overdone it. You can, and it doesn't hurt it, but it masks. the. If you want to taste your duck, you're going too far with that. A lot mm -hmm. of people don't like the taste. It is a rich meat. Uh, it's it's not the same as, as deer meat. It, it has a rich taste. I, I don't know how to describe it until you've eaten it. It's just a rich, it's very dark, very, very dark. Um, you hear people say about a livery taste, and I don't think it tastes like liver at all. Uh, now, if you overcook it, it can kind of get that, the gross part of liver taste. If you overcook it, it can get that. And but you know, mallard breasts a lot of times are kind of almost whitish, you know, if well, you breast them out. Yeah, it can, on, on a, uh, a younger bird, but the, the wild birds mostly, it's a deep, deep, yeah. deep red. So uh, just cut you some chunks, wrap it in bacon, grill it till the bacon's not, you want it medium rare, past medium rare, it's gonna start changing the flavor. So that's yeah. that's my, that's my go-to. I mean, it'll look kind of raw. Yeah. yeah, some people are like, I'm not eating, that's uh, not done. Well, another it's done. easy, so you, so you either go hot and fast or slow and low. My other go-to is putting it in a crock pot and uh, there's a McCormick makes a, uh, a barbecue pork shoulder crock pot barbecue package. A pork shoulder barbecue yep, package? It's, it's made for pork shoulders, but I use duck or goose, either one. Uh, goose especially, if you shoot a goose, uh, they don't grill like a duck does. Goose is a harder, it's a bigger, tougher bird. Yeah, this, but the this flavor is, perfect is really goose, good. Yeah. I love the taste of a Canada goose, but mm -hmm. you ha pretty much have to cook them slow and low. Mm -hmm. So the goose recipe, this for sure, throw it in the crock pot, follow that, uh, McCormick recipe and you're fine. I always throw in a half a cup of bourbon just because I like bourbon barbecue. Okay. But uh, th th those are my, you asked for one, you got two, sorry. No, I like the option, slow and low or, or hot and fast are my two ways that I like to cook everything. It's either smoked or in the crock pot, or if not that, it's super high heat on the grill or in a cast iron and just searing it. So I've the, had the easiest way that is weren't to, that dark. No, it, well, see, I always think ducks are always dark. You, you there's variance. If you get a younger bird, it's going to be a lighter color. Yeah, no doubt about it. But probably because the the young dumb ones yeah. are the only ones I can hit. Yeah, early wood duck, <laughs> early wood duck season. If you shoot a young bird, it'll definitely be a lighter color. But um, uh, the other thing is to breast out or to skin or to pluck. Yeah. Um, the skin on ducks is, is phenomenal, okay. but it, it's not easy. You also may have to make a good shot. You know, if the breast is, if you shot it in the body and you got a bunch, don't don't bother plucking that thing. Just go ahead and breast it out, cut your, your BBs out of your meat and uh, uh, go on. But a if lot you, of people if you just breast it out, you know, a lot of people. Oh, I'd say the vast majority just take the breast meat out. Just it. breast meat. Yeah, yep, most people do. The, there's some good meat on the thighs, but it's harder to get to. And uh, you got you can't really grill your thigh meat. That's That goes into the crock pot. Okay. But uh, but but if you want to try some good grilled meat to, if you should have got a nice clean headshot, no pellets in the body, leave the skin on. Pluck it. Take the time to pluck it, and uh, leave the skin on when you grill it. Mm -hmm. Grill it skin side or or pan seared. You know, I saw your uh, saw your deer video. You're pan searing. That's yeah, a great way to people, do duck with the skin on. The one I posted last night. Yeah. Man, you know, I I, I didn't want to do that with the marinade I used. I knew I was going to get killed over that, and beaten over the head for me. I just. You know, sometimes when I'm cooking, uh, sometimes you just want to eat, man. It's you know, a lot you know, faster. I, I, I had the I had the meat, and I needed to cook it. And uh, <clears throat> you know, I just open the cabinets and look through the cupboard, and I don't really have any marinade or any any. And I wanted to do it that way, so and I just used an A1 base for a marinade, and I got beat over the head with it by a couple people, which I understand. But <clears throat> I mean, I added a, quite a bit of brown sugar and um, mixed it up, and you know, some other ingredients, and uh, I thought it was pretty good. That brown yeah, sugar paired with, the, with the A1 sauce, you know, gave it a kind of unique flavor. Kristen loved it. She 
I mean, and she that's said all that matters. Oh, no, she said it was it. the best that I've cooked, but I I really like a, like a citrus and mm -hmm. herbs uh, marinade, like that kind of flavor. Yeah. So it's much different than that. But I'll uh, hopefully get a duck. I, I really think I might just go next Tuesday. You know, get out there early in the morning. What time's the sunrise right now? It's like seven twenty or seven thirty yeah, or something like, like that. that. Yeah, that's pretty close. <clears throat> yeah, and if you said wood ducks, I, I'd probably only have to take an hour or two off work in the morning if I was wanting to mm -hmm. go give it a try. It sounds like the wood ducks are going to be done flying by the time uh, eight o'clock rolls around. According anyway, to my so. watch, the official shooting time would would have been seven oh eight. Seven oh eight. So six thirty eight sunrise. That was today. Days are still getting shorter. Um, uh, yeah, sunrise is 7.38, so 7.08 is shooting time. So yeah. the days are getting shorter, so we could be looking at next Tuesday somewhere around 7.12, yeah, 7.15. I'll check. You know, I'll just get on the, the app and check my, my sunrise time, so that'll uh, be good. My go-to, I'm always drinking coffee, everything's done 15 minutes before time to shoot. Because okay. then the early flight, you can enjoy it. You know, you get to see, if you're still putting out decoys and the birds mm -hmm. are already moving around, you're messing you're yourself screwed. up. Yeah. I always show up early. And there's just nothing better than that last 15 minutes to sit down and have a little coffee. You know, and then your parts. Yeah. I mean, if you think they're coming, your parts. Oh yeah, God, you know, get your use coming. the bathroom, whatever you need to do. You just get get that last you, that last fifteen minutes is is a special. And time. when you hear them lighting, <laughs> when you hear them yeah. coming down, it's still dark. You can't really see, but you hear them lighting. God, your my heart goes in my throat. Oh, it's absolutely. just killer. So this coffee cup right here would work. I oh, guess sure. I brought the perfect I, coffee oh, cup yeah. today. Camo coffee. I love any kind of hunting I can do where I can drink coffee. I got a really nice pit bag one time. They mismarked it oh, <laughs> at the store here. It was like a $70 bag and they had it for $29.99. I was like, oh, wow. this doesn't seem right. So I can fit my coffee thermos in there and, yep. you know. Yeah, so. my, my little blind bag, it's it's my magic I've been bag. so cold in the... Uh, I put so much stuff in, it's amazing. There's stuff hanging off of it. I mean... Yeah. No, I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes. You know? I've had my coffee freeze in my cup around the edges, and the middle still be warm because it was so cold. But then we shot the we one shot constant, birds that morning. The one constant with duck hunting: the longer you're in it, the more stuff you acquire. I, oh yeah, it's it's worse than fly I fishing. Started like yeah, I don't know. Fly fishing's probably the worst. On <laughs> burning your money. I don't know how it could be worse than waterfowl hunting. Yeah. Well, I, I believe right. you, but oh mercy. But you know, if you go boat, vehicle, all that, then yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. No boat for fly fishing for me. No, I mean uh, for waterfowl hunting. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got a really nice one. Some people buy, you know, an old John boat and trick it out for shooting ducks. But. Yeah, well, I'm going to give it a try. Go the cheap route and the easy route. Just what I have, basically, what That's I already how have. Everybody should start. Start at the bottom. And yep. You're you're going to go. You're going to want more if you, like, if you like the sport. You're going to invest in it and. Yeah. end up like me having way more than you need yeah we'll see make I don't it too difficult but make sure to lead your birds especially as they you know yeah gotta hit that pilot house so yeah. they don't drop no i'm setting up in uh i'm gonna set up in the bend of a creek so they're flying directly towards me yeah. so i don't gotta worry about yeah. you know just I, like I know shooting why. doves there's no difference in shooting wood ducks and shooting doves they're small and fast mm -hmm. yeah. yeah only difference is low light you don't usually shoot doves in low light yeah. uh, so that's another thing to consider with the early shoots the tree line behind you at shooting light basically makes the duck disappear. Mm -hmm. So they either have to be right on the water where you can see them or above the trees across from you where you can see them. Otherwise, they're going to disappear in the trees. And, yeah. and you got to know what's across from you, too. Yeah, that makes public sense. Public land hunting, especially. <laughs> so an experience, uh, something people probably learn with experience is uh, when you go out there, try to set up a clear sky ahead of you or in front of you, the direction you think you're going to shoot instead of shooting against a backdrop. Yeah, everything you can do to give yourself a better shot, especially with wood ducks, is going to help. So. Makes sense. Um, let's, let's, well, um, one of the things we talked about, and I wrote that dozy, or duck season preview is 
this year is going to be a little different because of the drought they had in the Prairie Pothole region. Yeah, uh, so it's kind of the year of unknowns is, uh, is what the, the the majority of the brain trust is, is. That's the term we've all started going to. And the reason we say unknowns, we think we know what's happening up there, but there hasn't been a survey done in two years. You know, we do the breeding bird and pond count surveys in cooperation, in cooperation with the Canadian Wildlife Service. And that counts how many ducks we have and how many ponds we have for ducks to breed on. Mm -hmm. Neither one of those surveys has been flown for two straight years. Mm -hmm. So we set because our season- Because of COVID, correct? Because of COVID restrictions, correct. Uh, so we set our seasons based on last year's data. Mm -hmm. So when COVID first hit, it didn't matter because we were setting seasons based on the knowns from 2019. So 2020 was set on known data. Mm -hmm. But 2020 hit the COVID stuff. We didn't fly any surveys, and we set the 2021 seasons this year's seasons based on an unknown. So we mm. we, we we know we mm. had biologists in the field. We have a feel for things, and we have a 60-year-plus data set to track trends with. We have the best weather data we've ever had to track trends with. I mean, we we have a feeling of what's out there, but we don't actually know. We don't have a survey to back up. Mm -hmm. So that's why bag limits and stuff haven't changed. You know, yeah. you, you can, you're not going to liberalize a bag limit when you haven't done a, a season. So you keep everything conservative. Um, there was a drought on the prairies, a historic drought almost. It, it hasn't been that dry in 27 years or so. Uh, the entire prairie pothole region basically experienced a drought. And, mm -hmm. and when I mean drought, I mean no water. Yeah. Um, there's still no snowfall up there to speak of. There was no snowfall last winter, which is what fueled the drought, and then the lack of rainfall during the summer and fall uh, didn't replenish any rainfall. Now we've still not had any snow to speak of up north. They had a little bit of rain in the fall, but um, but the, the prairie pothole region, that's the duck factory. Mm -hmm. And so we think there's just no recruitment, which means no baby birds were born. The young mallards and, and teal and gadwall that, that would have came out of the prairie pothole regions, those young birds just aren't there. Now we still have the adults. We have the most ro robust populations of, of mallards mm -hmm. and teal and gadwall than we've had in 50 years. You know, it, 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 the, the, the long-term averages are, are, we're well ahead of the long-term averages. That's good. But production, you expect it to be low. You don't expect to have young ducks to shoot at this year, which are your easy, dumb ones. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> so, the uneducated. So, yeah. Right. Your adult birds, they've seen seen the, the hunting sets. They're, they're already coming from up north anyway, so they've already passed hunters for the last two months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're going to be smarter when they get here. Now, that being said, the boreal forest, which is one of the hardest regions to survey, even if we had a survey capable of doing it, had one of the wettest years on record. Mm -hmm. So we're, you know, just a million acres. I don't know, I don't, I, I'm throwing a number, a million extra acres of habitat out there on the boreal, which, you know, that's your, the, the, the preferred breeding grounds for like weedgeon and, and uh, uh, ringneck ducks. And, but the mallards and teal and gadwall will also spread out somewhat okay. there as well. So we just really don't know what our young bird potential is. Now we've got some states that have hunted for a couple months now. Uh, and I'm not hearing anybody crying the blues over not mm -hmm. having ducks to shoot at at Good. all. So there's, you know, you, you would have seen yeah, it online. Yes, hunting success really shouldn't be too impacted. No, I, I'm not worried about it. hunting success. We just don't know. I can't give a accurate prediction. For but you the, want to be much more conservative season. on your calling, don't you think? I, I always am much more conservative, but mainly because I'm not a great duck caller. But, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. Less hunt, is more in duck calling, though. I hunt public land, and public land hunting, everybody blows a call. So the noise you know, public land ducks don't call the same way to each other even that they would on private land. So it's, um, just watch the birds, you know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't ever tell anybody not to blow your duck call because that's one of the most fun parts of the morning is mm -hmm. blowing your duck call. But 
watch your birds. <laughs> if they're yeah, not, no doubt. If they're resp- not responding, you might. Well, I mean, I, and if you bit. hit a siren note, I've seen them, you know, smart birds that are migrating, whew, flare away. Right. Like late doves, you know, if, if late doves see something like that, I've seen them come in, come in, and they flare because yep. something spooked them because they've been around a while. Huh. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to give it a try. Um, it's fun. Yeah. Looks like we have good bird numbers. Um, this warm weather probably isn't the best friend for... Well, that. it just makes for stale ducks more than anything. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I was out in Ballard County with, doing a Ducks Unlimited event, and uh, I have never seen that many ducks that early at, in, at Ballard WMA. And I talked to some of the local guys there that uh, they were they were scared they were going to run out of food. You know, they started yeah. pumping water, and they were like, holy mercy, there's so many... So many birds here. We're going to run out of food if we don't. If we keep pumping, they they turn their pumps off. Like we, yeah. we, you know, it's too early. There's too many ducks right now, so we need to wait. And you say turn their pumps off. What do the pumps do? So uh, on these big duck clubs uh, and, and like Ballard WMA, mm-hmm. we manage the water ourselves. You don't just wait on rainfall or backwater. So you, you pump can, it out of the Ohio. Yeah, or the or the well. You sink a well into the groundwater table. And you pump it up through a well into your impoundment or whatever, and you can turn it off and on as needed. Okay, so. I've seen those those areas you're talking about down there. I've, I've been to Ballard and did a little, you know, video about the WMA, and I, I've seen those tremendous areas you're talking place. about. Yeah, yeah. So that, that that's what I mean by that. You know, they, they, I believe they I the heard that that went for less than a dollar an acre back in the day. It was considered junk land that no one wanted. Oh, it, when we got some of those properties back I have then, no doubt. Yeah. That's a, yeah, it's an interesting place, and you know, I went down there and just filmed a really quick informational video about the WMA. But I saw those areas that you're talking about, and I could see some of the duck blinds set up. But that was probably in the summer when I went, so it's just the you know the remnants of them. Right. Yeah, they're they're getting them all cleaned up, brushed in. Uh, they do the oak brush first, and okay. then they use the the grass blinds. They they are they're doing finishing all those up today. Hopefully, the the last one will be brushed in today, and they'll be ready for hunters next week. Good. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, what what other stuff is going on? Is there anything? I just had on my other stuff notes here that you know, right now our guys are out in eastern Kentucky rabbit hunting. A lot of really good public land out there, and if you ever go to like a reclaim area, it's the perfect rabbit habitat. The way that they, mm-hmm. you know, all the the grasses that they plant on reclaimed coal, it just makes for perfect rabbit hunting. And then a lot of times those you know old coal coal roads that go through there. I mean, you'll just hunt walking the roads. The dogs will be in the brush, and rabbits will run across. So they're out there doing that today. Um, I talked about the bobcat, the new rags. You got to have the permit that's free online. Bears coming up. I saw where you killed a deer, right, Wes? Yeah, I shot a doe with the kiddos. That was, yeah, I uh, saw that. I've got some couple young kids that are just starting with me and uh, loving every minute of that. But uh, shot a doe. It's been a slow season for me. Um, yeah. You know, Madison it's, County. It's it's it was zone three, now zone two. It's not a big. You know, there's not just deer everywhere. So it's nothing wrong i just yeah, haven't been in the woods enough to, County, though. oh yeah it's really good deer there i just haven't had good luck this year but yeah. the, the kiddos especially haven't had any good luck so i took a long shot that uh, is quartering towards not a not a great shot to be yeah, taken quartering two with a rifle is not horrible well i had a good rest but I, I botched the shot a little bit i missed by three or four inches but uh but we still find it. my my kids they love blood trailing a deer so it, i think those are the pictures good. i saw on facebook yeah, they, they're, 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 they're that's as good awesome. as any, any hound dog they love to do it so Sucky's pretty good it mm-hmm. makes makes me proud watching the kids you know my 10 and 7 year old they stayed ahead of me the whole time i didn't have to do much that's so. good you're just back there sipping your coffee and falling absolutely out. yep just yeah. directing traffic so. <laughs> That's a uh, that's this year, by the way. That's a good looking. I know. Yeah, no, a... I'm going to keep pointing that out to everybody that comes in here. <laughs> I know. We <laughs> talked about it last time. I think time full. I've only got to show two people so far, though. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to squirrel season now. I've got squirrel seasons. That's yeah. where uh, with your dog you've got. Yeah, you've... I've got the new pub. Is this your 
dog's first year? Yep. So he he hunted with without me basically last year. We we have a farm, cattle yeah. farm, and uh, most of his hunting last year I couldn't get to the. I was also doing chores, and yeah. so by the time I made it to the tree, the the squirrels were dinned up or out of sight or whatever. So I've yeah. I've only shot a couple squirrels out for him, but yeah. this year I'm going to dedicate. He knows what he's doing. It's just time good. for me to learn. So good, good, good. Well, that'd be woods. fun. I remember when you got that puff. You brought him up here. Oh, he was a uh, he's Ringo. Yeah, Ringo. Yeah, yeah, he was awesome. He's I'd see you. Man. I'd see you walking him around. <laughs> out here on his, on his leash you know yep. i guess you kept him in the office and took him out for bathroom breaks and stuff it, absolutely yeah he's a he's it, i'll never probably i will probably never have a not have a feist dog anymore a feist? they're so smart and fun to have i like a little feist. they're also one of the most aggravating breeds i've ever they're smart man they're, yeah. they're just smart no i like hunting with a feist on them you know we've done it with the show i've never had a feist but we we go out with them it's eyes ears nose oh, they yeah. use every bit of it to try to treat those squirrels. He's killed 12 moles, I think, in the last three months now. Nice. I mean, he's just a critter dog. You know, he gets rat, rats out of the corn crib. I mean. Well, that's the story behind the feist. It is. That's, uh, that's what they're bred for, Steve, a marmot dog. Steve Stacy told us, uh, you know, do you know Steve Stacy? Yeah, sure. So Steve, he's, he's kind of a mountain man himself. His family came from, um, he, he, the story he told us, and this is on YouTube, you can just look up a Kentucky field squirrel hunt, Steve Stacy probably, mm -hmm. it'll pop up. He told us that his family was some of the first to come across back in the day in settling. Ellie Kentucky. May, that's his dog, right? Ellie May was. Yeah, I think yeah. he sold Ellie May, but he basically told us that the people down there in Appalachia were so poor back in the day they needed a dog, but they couldn't afford to feed a big dog like a cur or something yep. like that. So they got a smaller dog, which was a feist. I mean, pretty small breed. What's about that? Twenty-five pounds or less. Is what, I mean, less. some of them get bigger than twenty-five. But. Well, they got those dogs because they were cheaper to feed. Um, but they could hunt everything. So they do yep. raccoons and possums and squirrels and they just hunt everything. Yep. So he said that was the, the best dog for people in the mountains back in the day just because of uh, affordability and huntability. And they're tough too. They they didn't line breed from a specific line somewhere that was bred for hunting. They just, it was good, just good varmint dogs in general. Mm -hmm. You know, one neighbor would have a good one, another neighbor would have a good one and they would just breed. Yep. You know, it wasn't what your typical, you know, like these silver labs, which are just genetic mutants that mm -hmm. pr produce the trait. They're not a sound species. You know, yeah. they have a lot of health issues. The feist is almost bomb proof because their their background is so broad. Mm -hmm. That's you know, I mean, you can certainly find line breeding in the in the feist. in the championship squirrel hunting world, but but your majority of the the breed, it's a it's a very hardy hardy breed so and they're just they're just smart dogs sir well i'm looking forward to seeing how you do with it yeah i get out there with you sometime and uh and chase squirrels if you want to, mm -hmm. I, I, to. I haven't i you know every time i've been out with a squirrel dog it's pretty much been for the show just and to keep your expectations low because I, I don't know anything about operating a squirrel hey, dog trust me i've got a i've got a rabbit dog but it's you know your your squirrel dog is going to do just fine trust me because uh you know I, I just take my pet dog out rabbit hunting all the time and he just chases rabbits because he likes to do it and i'm just hoping and I can do something with the shotgun when he comes past me. Yeah. So he's going to be on the show coming up here soon. Uh oh. We went out and hunted with hunted with Hunter. Uh, All right. For the TV show, just basically talking about, you know, the fact that he's a pet, and uh, not a dog that lives in a kennel and just lives to rabbit hunt. I mean, he's a pet dog, sleeps on the couch and in the bed <laughs> and, and stuff. He's sitting there begging for scraps every time we eat. And, 
um, just talking about how, you know, even if it is a pet dog, that they still instinctually have that. Oh, sure. And that's what they want to do. Like, Hunter's never happier than when he's on a rabbit trail. Mm -hmm. And so just about how you can take your dog out, even if it is a pet, and let them do what they're, you know, kind of meant to do. And it's a good exercise for them, and they enjoy it. So a lot of opportunity for people who have pets that probably don't, you know, think of their dog as a hunt dog. If you, yep. I, The biggest thing about taking a pet out somewhere and hunting with it, like with Hunter, I feel most comfortable on properties that I know and properties that aren't near the roads or anything. I really, the, my favorite place to take them and run them for rabbits is a property that is literally bordered on all sides by a pretty good sized creek. Because mm -hmm. I know a rabbit's not going. Creek, yeah. it's, I mean, it's a 30, probably a 40 foot wide creek, yep. you know, and those rabbits aren't crossing the creek, so I don't have to worry about Hunter getting off that property or yep. on the road or anything. So just, I would, you know, look at that and have low expectations if you're going to take a pet out yeah. you know you're talking about expectations if i get one rabbit when i'm hunting with hunter that's a pretty good day <laughs> you know a lot of people do that with duck dogs too your pet lab you want to take it hunting with you because you know labradors love to retrieve things yeah and so the only caution i would throw out there is make sure they're steady and you can hold them at heel or your the hunting guest you have if he's going to break out and go after the bird the second you shoot it yeah. make sure your guests know that you can work around that one of the best dogs i ever hunted with one of my friend brandon's dog his dog Lily I, I, that dog has retrieved more birds for me probably than any other dog I'd hunted with but she was going to break you know that first shot she was going to be out there but everybody knew so you can make a you know a safe second shot if, yeah. so just keep that in mind if you want to take your pet lab I highly encourage it it's a lot more fun with dogs yeah mm -hmm. I think all hunting you can do it yeah. with, with dogs dog is more person, fun it's gonna that's be... really the only like I don't have a whole lot of interest in walking around the woods by myself and kicking brush piles to try to shoot a bunny you know but when I can that's watch that's what them, I've done for years oh I've done it you take your pet you gotta have some patience don't yeah. expect to act like the dog you saw on TV you it's know? just a lot more fun with a dogly you know, I, I know. If, I, if I really wanted to rabbit hunt I'd go out there and kick brush I was always the youngest growing up so I was the dog, dog. <laughs> yeah. that's the way I grew up and that's uh, you know <laughs> hunting with a pet a lot of times I still am because I, I don't rely on him to do everything I get in there and help him you know yeah. and if I can bust a you know if I can push a rabbit up and get it running you know i'll just yell to him and i don't jump it shoot it yeah. but i'll i'll yell to him and put him on i've it, quail so. hunted without dogs i've been yeah. the dog quail hunting too do you point well uh, actually <laughs> we knew where they were real good to hold, uh, no we, hold we knew where they were they wouldn't flush unless you rattled them so i would take a stick and, and my, everybody then the next person would rotate over and they would take a stick or throw something in they flush you? <laughs> that's funny no, Oh, I, I saw a picture earlier somebody put on Facebook it was uh, I guess they had shot a pheasant and they uh, got it mounted and they put the you know the pheasant on the wall in their house and it was just their dog stuck there on point <laughs> uh, for that pheasant in the house <laughs> I thought that, was pretty that is pretty funny yeah well guys what do you say we wrap this one up all right Sounds good. it's getting lunchtime yeah that's what I'm thinking I'm kind of hungry and I'm looking at my phone it's been ringing over here and I need to try to figure out what I did wrong <laughs> yeah um, well <laughs> it's kind of like when a doctor calls you I got good news the other day but yeah. usually a doctor calls like oh what else grew up this time yeah well, I appreciate you guys swinging by. All right. I'll, let you, know, I'll let you know how next Tuesday goes, Wes. And ho sounds hopefully, good, man. If I don't have luck, it's probably just going to be, well, you know, I could have bad luck, but it's probably going to be on me. Call well, me in time. I'm glad to help. I appreciate it. I might, I've got the recipes written down, so I should be good there. I'm probably, you know, we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll send you a picture or something. Do if that. I'm lucky now. i got to get the duck first. But thanks for coming by. Yes, sir. All right. All right.